Taco Bell has announced plans to launch a taco shell made entirely out of fried chicken. Because in the age of Trump, there really is no hope. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh my goodness, is is that the B Street Band tribute to Bruce Springsteen? Might actually be the actual boss. Welcome to the Trump Report. I am your moderator, and there'll be a lot to moderate in this installment. Christian Blatt on Twitter, at ChristianDMZ. And don't forget that the show is at Trump Report ABTV. Follow us there, like us on YouTube, comment, rate us on iTunes. People like to ask what they can do to help the show. Uh, comment, rating us on yep. iTunes, all that stuff. It kind of gets us bumped up. When people Google Trump, they you know Trump podcast, that'll uh, get us higher rated. Joined way down at the end of the desk, way over here, the uh, the Sancho Panza to my Don Quixote, the one, <laughs> the only Scott Moore at S Man Eighty. Hey Thank guys. you for uh, joining us when uh, everyone else. Presented me with a doctor's note. They are excused. Um, However, they are absent. They are absent. And ten demerits. Twenty demerits. Mm-hmm. Demerits for Stephen Helmkamp. Yeah, just yes. because uh, he well, deserves it. There's a lot to talk about, there but is. Uh, this episode is called Badlands, and we're playing a little Bruce Springsteen. Let's start talking about the inauguration yes. and. Look, we've talked a couple of times over the last few weeks, in particular, performers. Dropping out of the inauguration. Dropping like flies. And, um, you know, even tributes to actual performers are (laughs) dropping out. I thought it was interesting when I read, I think last week, that a tribute to Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band called the B Street Street Band Band. Mm -hmm. would be at the New Jersey uh, inaugural ball. Not because, you know, I get, look, I get the New Jersey connection. But... I was just like, man, if there was ever somebody that wouldn't want to be associated with the Donald Trump inauguration, it's Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. So I think that there was some pressure applied to the band uh, by some members of the East Street Band, not Bruce himself. So I think little Steven must have said something. Mm-hmm. I think Maybe so. Maybe Nils Lofgren. Patty Scale was probably Steven. not. It was probably Jake Clemens, <laughs> he's like, it's not my place. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I get it. I understand the move. And at the end of the day, it's probably bad for business. I will actually concede to feeling a little bad for the band because it's a high-profile gig. They were going to get paid real money. And, you know, tribute bands are actually good business. Yeah. A friend of mine hosts a show called World's Greatest Tribute Bands on Access TV, a little plug for my friend Katie Darrell. It's in its uh, seventh season. And tribute bands, believe me, they're big business, especially in little nooks and crannies in the country where the actual bands don't perform. Right. And, you know, there are very few places in New Jersey that Bruce Springsteen doesn't perform. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to bet... Oh, I don't know. They probably do really well in Belmar, in uh, Long Beach Island. You know, out on the Jersey Seaside Heights, they're probably huge. Uh, Huge. 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 So, I don't know. I feel bad for the band. But I think ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, they probably would find establishments, even in New Jersey, would be like, I'm not going to book that. Bruce Springsteen tribute band because they're the ones that played right. the Trump report. <laughs> that would be fun. No, they played the inauguration. Right. And, you know, and it's like, oh, there's like 90 other 
tributes to Bruce Springsteen, especially here in New Jersey. The I, F Street I, Band, I know. the yeah, Tees. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 off the top of my head, I know there's one called Tramps Like Us. And uh, they used to play all the time in the city. And <laughs> New York City. So... Anyway, I feel I feel bad for them, but I think it's probably a smart move. Uh, Jennifer Holiday also received some pressure. It's interesting because I, I we'll see who's actually going to be there. But uh, Scott, give us your thoughts a little bit that it's gotten as far as even a Bruce Springsteen tribute band <laughs> is backing out of the uh, Trump train. I, I mean that isn't a good thing for Trump when you have a tribute band. No offense to tribute bands because, like you said, they do no, bring they, a lot of they business work really hard, but. but- it's a tribute band. It's yeah. not like Bruce Springsteen. It's the tribute band, and they are backing out. So that does not look good for Trump that even the tribute bands are, are leaving. Um, I actually think it's better for them in the long run because I think um, you know a lot of the supporters, like you're saying, in Jersey and other places that are not Trump supporters are going to be more excited to support them when they're out and about I, I than the other get, way around. They're going to probably get booked for more gigs yeah, because by of this. not playing, right. and I think it'll be fine. It's I, and, just, and, and, I feel and, bad that this band got pressure. No, These I, are I agree. just regular guys who have 9-to-5 jobs, and they do this on the side. Yeah, That's what a lot of those tribute Of course, and they do. But I think if it wasn't for the... They're, they're getting more attention now, so it's going to just help them in the long run, whereas if they didn't, they would have just sort of been... A has been that wasn't going to be heard about. You know, it was just it happened at the New Jersey ball. Nobody's going to even really know about it. So yeah. uh, it, it's actually going to work better because it's bringing them much needed attention. So now we know who they are, and they're more likely to book these people. Where before we'd never heard of them really, and it would have just gone on. And I'm going to bet that the Trump camp is glad that this happened because now Chris Christie's like, well, if the Tr- Springsteen tribute band's not going to be there, <laughs> I'm not even going to go because it's not a buffet. See, I had to go make the fat joke. Uh, by the way, Jimbo, uh, in the booth, if you could put the, the chat yeah, uh, up on there. And by the way, I think your uh, social media is actually at Jimbo in the booth. So I called you by your... Uh, that, is, that is the best handle yet. Yeah, I wish I could uh, ever. Let's ever put it get this way: like this that. is going to be a little inside. This is basically just for after. It's a lot better than that, Zach Wilson. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a, you know obviously some other news uh, out there. Uh, I guess the big news was that uh, Representative John Lewis called Trump's presidency illegitimate. Which again, that's an opinion. There's a lot of opinions out there. Um, there's, I have a lot of things to say about Donald Trump. I don't know that he's an illegitimate president. I'm pretty sure enough people voted for him in the states where it added up to more than 270. But I, I understand the claim. But if you criticize Trump, you should always know that he's not going to just be like, no, I'll just shrug this one off. Yeah. There, there's no one's going to be the. There's not the day where it's like he's he's going to let one go. You know, I, I even thought SNL he was going to let that one go. I was like, oh, he's he's just not going to respond anymore. And yeah. then by middle of the by day the way, on stop Sunday, watching, stop watching. SNL. I know, but it was funny because I thought, wow, he's kind of losing it now, like yeah. he's, his his edge because he's yeah. not responding, or maybe he decided to give up on actually watching it. No, at like three o'clock on Sunday, he finally posted about that as well. Well, that just means um, his his DVR was backed up. Yeah. You know, and he finally got, <laughs> he finally got caught it. up. Yeah. Um, he, well, I, I was going to also segue back a little bit to the inaugural sure, performance, just really quick, and then we can go to the John Lewis thing. Is uh, what is the uh, the America's Got Talent? Is it Jackie Camacho? Am I saying that right? I or? actually forget what her last name was. We talked about I, her on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think it was interesting because she has a transgender sister, and, and I think it's also the opposite side of the people that decide to perform at his inauguration, and they're saying, and her claim is, you know, and it did upset a lot of the LGBT sure. allies and everything, and her claim is this is for America, and this is an American thing. It's not about the actual president himself or the soon-to-be president. It's it's about the 
the uh, American tradition, and that's why she's going ahead and, and singing the national anthem for the inauguration. And I think it's interesting because it does kind of take a little bit of both sides because obviously Jennifer Holliday stepped back because of the LGBT community yeah, saying, sure. like, okay, you know, my fans do not want me to be there. And so there's an interesting dichotomy there, and I, I can really see both sides to it, uh, just like I am going to be watching the inauguration. I know a lot of people are boycotting that. Uh, but I feel that it's it's still part of our history as much as I may disagree with uh, the person that's going to be taking the office. I think it's the same kind of thing. And, and, and sometimes we it, it's a hard line for people that support these artists yeah. and, and where, where that line is drawn and, and supporting them and maybe them doing this out of the bigger cause than just the the person, but for the office and for the country. So I, I can definitely understand both sides. Yeah, no, I understand the people who are making the point, we're not going to watch, right. we're going to make the show, you know, we're going to have a show of support against... Right, the solidarity. The solidarity, mm-hmm. that's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. And some people are saying, don't even turn your TV on that day. I don't quite know what that accomplishes, but just don't watch. And... Look, I respect that decision. I don't feel that way. I look at this, uh, I was saying to Scott before we started, it's like a lot of people still watch the Super Bowl when their team's not in it. You know, I mean, otherwise people in Cleveland would never have watched the Super Bowl (laughs) in all 51 years. So, little joke, Cleveland. Um, (laughs) But at at the same time, it's like, I get it. Like, you know, watching isn't an endorsement of anything. It's more like you kind of want to see what's going to happen. It's a very historic event. No matter who the president was... It, and I don't mean either of these two candidates right. that we had last in, year. It's just general. it's a new president, and they're mm. being ushered in. And you're going to see former presidents up on that stage. And personally, even if we weren't doing the show, I would still watch. Right. But this is a good segue to let everyone right. know we're doing a special edition of the Trump Report this Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to uh, share our thoughts on what we've seen so far. I'm sure the inaugural balls and whatnot will be going on into the wee hours, but uh, we'll have seen the swearing in. And, you know, I'm going to guess maybe there'll be some people who are unhappy. There might be some protesters along the way. And I hope so, and I support that. (laughs) If there are vocal nonviolent protests, I exactly. I I support nonviolent protests, but I support uh, a lot of visible protesting in a nonviolent way. Absolutely. And I'll be interested in seeing that. But yes. uh, So we're going to do that, and uh, we'll mention it again. That's this Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 Eastern, after Buzz TV. For the link, go to at Trump Report ABTV. And uh, Scott will be there. Our friend Chelsea will be there. And we'll see who yeah, else will be here. I I, think, I'm not um, quite sure. It, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes with it. There's also a lot of the fascinations. You know, actually, the, the, the nuclear football gets handed off. At that point, yeah. you know, when when the swearing-in is happening, I mean, it's just fascinating the way the, the transfer of power actually happens up to the second and when that happens and when, you know, the current president right now becomes the former president and, and all the stuff that happens even at the White House. Just think that they don't even start the moving process until President Obama leaves the White House yeah. with President-elect Trump. And everything is switched out in just those few hours. And to me, that's always been fascinating. I mean, they just roll in there and they bring in all the new stuff, take out all the old stuff. And it's all set up like it's been there forever when the new president comes in. This wasn't on the list of things we're going to talk about. But uh, did you see the letter that uh, Jenna and Barbara Mm -hmm. Bush wrote to Sasha Malia? I thought it was very sweet. They sort of commented on here's what it's going to be like now that you're leaving because they showed them around the White House when they got there. You know, they actually took time off from college and they went there because they wanted to show them around. I thought it was really sweet. And, you know, the, this is very divisive, this transfer of power. Right, but more, more than, than yeah, normal. Even, even um, that one, you know, the last two have been divisive in, you know, various circles. Right. You know, 
So this is just yet another one. But at the same time, you read about that, and you're like, yeah, that's that's. It, it, there's a human element to it, right. and I really liked reading. I thought it was very sweet. It was really, regardless really, really of what sweet. you think about George W. Right. Bush or his kids, what you think or of his kids, family or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's like yeah, the, these two girls were show, knew what it was like to be little girls in the White House, and it's like yeah, let's just take a look at all this stuff, right. and it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated on that side of I, it. I, I love all that stuff, and it kind of brings to mind. It reminded me of when their grandfather Bush 41 did sure. that for Bill Clinton and wrote this really nice letter. And for him, that had to have been really tough because he had lost re-election. He's the yeah. last incumbent, actually, that has lost re-election until Trump. But, <laughs> until Trump <laughs> but, but he's the last where, one that has lost where's re-election. Where's Stephen Helm I know, to right? react to that? Uh, yeah. If Trump even makes it to 20 without being uh, impeached or resigning or quitting oh out of gosh. just frustration. There's a lot of qualifications uh, to that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm counting on it to happen be, uh, between now and then. But he is the last sitting president to have lost re-election. And he wrote this really nice letter to Bill Clinton in 93 when yeah. he took over. So, you know, it is, to me, very fascinating to see that moment in time. Again, I don't support this incumbent president at all in any stretch and i actually had a uh kind of twitter argument and a facebook argument with people about oh we need to just you know support him i said absolutely not i never no. will I, i'm sorry i just we, can't because there's too many and we've issues talked about issues this. and we talked about chelsea, chelsea that disagreed length. that i feel like you can support the country you right. can support the and office that's what of the i said president. i support the country and i support the office i do not support that particular you want to make sure everything is is still standing in 2020 yes. 2024 or 2032 if he figures out a way to you know add another term <laughs> to get rid I of just, the 22nd I amendment just, i just said that too yeah just <laughs> hey i wouldn't put it past him at this point to do away with the 22nd Amendment when he has all the right. Republicans I think he'll figure out a way that uh, Schwarzenegger can replace him at this job, too. <laughs> he'll, uh, there'll be a couple amendments that are necessary at that mm-hmm. point. But anyway, uh, so let's get the plug in one more time. Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific, uh, right here at AfterBuzz right. TV. Inauguration Day, yeah, Friday, January we will be 20th. Here and we hope you guys are, yeah. uh, you, you guys and, and girls and men and women, we hope that the crowd follows us to that day. Yeah, uh, so let's get back too. to uh, John Lewis. So talk a little bit about this little fracas between he and Donald Trump and some of the claims that uh, the president-elect have well, made towards the I, congressman. I, look, he he basically John Lewis had said that he didn't believe or he believed he was an illegitimate president beyond just the 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 popular vote thing he felt because of the russia interaction that he felt that this was an illegitimate president now like you said earlier knowing uh trump's past behavior you know that you're going to be singled out i think what trump did was in incredibly poor taste yeah because you even had republicans that were like whoa stop this this is this is crazy this is a civil rights icon um you just don't say things like that. And also, he's very, again, showing his his um, not very strong knowledge on um, the 5th District where John Lewis represents in, in Atlanta. Yes, there's definitely higher unemployment in some areas and, and higher poverty levels. But overall, that's an area of Atlanta that's you know, has Buck, Buckhead, Buckshead and has the, uh, the airport, which is the busiest airport in, in the country. And it has uh, I, I, I Delta headquarters a little bit, and Coca-Cola has a really uh, yeah, upscale area. Yeah. And it has uh, Coca-Cola and Delta headquarters. And the, the Atlanta Journal Constitution on Sunday totally trashed <laughs> Trump by saying, you know, this I'm is sorry, completely. Scott, are you saying that President-elect Donald Trump made comments about something he didn't right. know anything exactly. about. Exactly, and that's, again... I, I don't know if I can believe that. I I'm know, sorry. It's, it's crazy, right? It's yeah. crazy talk. So I, I think that it, it, it was just in really... Again, he just has no taste, but <laughs> in my opinion. But in really poor taste to do that of all times on during MLK weekend and uh, just trashing someone who's spent his entire life uh, fighting for equal rights, fighting for, uh, you know, equality and... and 
and all the stuff that he did in the 60s with Martin Luther King. Um, it was really, really in poor taste. I get where where people can be frustrated with John Lewis, too, because he also did this in 2001 when George W. Bush was yeah. inaugurated. Um, well, which, now he's saying know, that this is the first inauguration he's going to skip, and it's like, well, actually... Yeah. You know, and then he did backtrack one. on that, so yeah. that wasn't good on his part, and because yeah. uh, they and were two separate issues. Even and at though that there's, point it was there's two of us, I do want to point out there's something that's making the rounds a lot, is that uh, John Lewis in 2010 said that there were a there was a group of Tea Partiers, uh, I believe on the steps of the Capitol, using the N-word, at uh, he and members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Mm-hmm. It is a claim that many on the right feel was fabricated right. to the extent that um, my friend, the uh, late great Andrew Breitbart, who has a website named after him, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, he offered first $10,000 and then $100,000 for someone who could produce a tape of it. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but right. it means that people believe it didn't happen and they sort of immediately brought this back up. And they, there was like five things that they brought up. And considering right. how long he's been in public life, if you only got five things, things that people are criticizing you on, you know, you're better off than some people who have been president. But I think it was in very poor taste, especially Martin Luther King weekend, just not thinking of the time and place. So from a damage control, a spin position, what does Donald Trump do? The only thing you can do, meet with MLK (laughs) three, Martin Luther King, the third. He has a meeting with him. And, 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 and skip the visit of the African-American Museum, the Smithsonian yeah. Museum that just opened recently. And, and why, uh, what's your theory as to why he skipped Well, because it, there was, was there, yeah. that John Lewis is, is featured prominently yeah. in this museum with a lot of the pictures and things with Martin Luther King. So it was very convenient that he had scheduling conflicts yeah. and instead met with uh, Martin Luther King I believe III. he had brunch with Omarosa. So, yeah. <laughs> that counted for his, uh, yeah, was, for his MLK <laughs> festivities. Yeah, um, for the day. Look, I... On one hand, I look at MLK three as being like, okay, well, being the 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 bridge builder and and unifier, not divider. That's what he he claims he is. But at the same time, too, I also felt like it was a way for him to get some attention in in my own yeah. no, in my own uh, kind of uh, way. I, I looked at it that way because also he, this guy is going to be president, like we were saying, whether we like it or not, on Friday, and so he feels this is a great way for him to kind of get back in there and get in the limelight as well. Not trying to take away from it because I I, I, I think he also does want to really come in and be a unifier. I just thought the timing was off and it was more, to me, felt like attention for himself yeah. more than, than than anything else. I think um, that there were people who were surprised that uh, MLK third was meeting with... On yeah. the observ- observation what, of his father's I know, birthday. I don't pretend to know everything or even yeah, most or yeah, a lot right. about Martin Luther King. I feel like Martin Luther King would have taken that meeting on that day. And he was just felt you know junior. I feel like right. the third was just thinking this is this is what this is what he would have done. And you're meeting with the president, you know, in theory only good things can come from that. Right. Unless good, you're good, Steve good Harvey <laughs> who had the misfortune of uh, not just meeting with Donald Trump. Yeah. But uh, speaking highly of him. And I think that, you know, we're going to have to see less of this once he's actually president mm-hmm. for a little while. You can't criticize everyone who actually takes a meeting with the president. Or can you? I don't know. I mean, do you think that everyone who takes a meeting with soon to be, I'm sorry, I just want to get I, people ready, that this will be thrown all around a lot. Meeting with President Trump. Ugh, I still can't I know, deal with it. But I'm just, look, I'm trying to help you get ready for it. <laughs> I know. I just think about when I was coming here tonight. This is the last show we'll, we'll be the, doing with Obama as president. This is the last uh, Trump uh, report in the Obama era. Uh, yeah. It's very upsetting. Um, look, again, 
the MLK3 thing, I, I, honestly, I could just imagine if, if Martin Luther King Jr. was still alive at 88 years old and was on Twitter somehow. I could just imagine him being in a Twitter war with, with Trump as well because I could imagine him yeah. saying stuff. I just I, – that's where it's just hard for me and it's just like, ugh. You know, and I, it's just hard to see his son be there and meet with Trump. But again, I don't pretend to know everything that was going on and what the the real reason and motivation why MLK three went to this meeting and what he was hoping to get out of it. You know, what I read about is that, which I do think is a great thing, is just getting the national ID card. You know, being able to get an ID card that's free for uh, minority and uh, poor people that have a hard time getting that, and that's always been an issue with with voter suppression is. Oh, you need an ID, but, you know, sometimes in some of these isolated states, you have to drive 200 miles to go to the nearest DMV to get an ID, yeah. and then you have to pay for it, or it's it's reduced, but still a challenge to get there. And so if he really was going in there and, and, and trying to convince the president-elect of some of these things, uh, I don't think it'll happen because the Republican Party is not very big on helping expanding voting hours and voting rights. It's more suppressing and making it more difficult, so I don't see that would be a change, but I, I'm not going to try to figure out exactly what MLK3's motivation was for Steve Harvey. Um, Which, let's talk for a quick second about the transition from going to talking about (laughs) the son of Martin Luther King Jr. to the guy who hosts the family feud. But they're both both pretty big stories this week. It's just funny. Well, and and look, again, Steve Harvey has a foundation uh, that works with children. And he's, again, it's kind of that same thing. He's trying to promote his... His he's foundation trying, he's trying to help his foundation and he's tr- get he's himself to help out kids there. And he's getting criticized. And um, look, I, I just again find it very base that uh, he was going in to talk about HUD and yeah. uh, again with Ben Carson. It just feels very base to me. Like Trump's just going out. Like let me go for the star uh, black guys out there that you know might be familiar. It just it feels it gives me like makes me feel gross. Yeah, um, it's very base. Uh, but at the same time, again, Steve Harvey has his own stuff to plug. He's one of the busiest men out there. Uh, I thought it was funny that his excuse was his wife wasn't going to let him attend the inauguration <laughs> on Friday. So, so that's why he backtracked and said he wasn't going anymore was because uh, of that. So that's a that's a nice excuse to have in your back pocket. So he is not attending the inauguration, apparently, because his wife won't let him. Well, he's probably taping four episodes of The Family Feud yeah. that day. Well, Let's you know, it's honest. funny. I, I know some people that actually work on his show in Chicago, so I try to be friendly towards <laughs> Steve Harvey, because I know they work with him personally and, and, and know that he's a hard worker, I've, good I've guy. I've never heard anybody say anything bad but, about um, Steve Harvey. His mustache, I, on the other hand, yes, I've heard exactly. bad That's things about. Yes, exactly. That's a whole, about, other, whole but, other story. But I, I look, I, I think, again, a lot of people are going in to try to get their FaceTime with the next president. And even if we don't agree with it or don't like it, uh, that's sort of the way it works in, yeah. in our world. Right. It's you're still going to get FaceTime regardless of who's in office, who's, you know, what party's there. There's always those people who are going to uh, go and in. And again, you know, if, he has a foundation. People have a lot of it, charitable concerns. There are issues that they're supporting. And, you know, and I think a lot of people, even though I don't agree with it, but I think a lot of people, if it came down to it and they got the phone call to say, hey, President-elect Trump wants to meet with you and you disagreed with him, you would think this is a great time for me to go in and say what I think and, should be happening and yeah. let him listen to me in this one-on-one setting or whatever. So I think a lot of people also go in with the thought that they can maybe change his mind, even if they hate him, disagree with him, yeah. don't like his policies. Um you know, I think it would be hard for me to even if, – if he called me up on the phone, even though I can't stand him, and said, I want to hear your thought on the LGBT community or whatever, I have a hard time saying no because I think this would be my opportunity to go in and tell him this is what he should do, even though I 
don't want to be in the room with him, but, yeah, but <laughs> I think there's even just if there's something those, about, you know, if you're getting an opportunity, if, if you have that influence have... and that possibility to be able to influence someone regardless, uh, I think it's very difficult yeah. to say, no, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can see again where that happens it, just like with, when you think of how performing. much money people spend to get access to yeah, the president, mm-hmm. if Stephen Helmkamp was here right now, he would probably mention how many millions of dollars people gave to the <laughs> to, Clinton foundation, right. uh, for the opportunity to meet with what everyone expected would be President Hillary Clinton. But to that point, (laughs) that something crazy happens at that moment. She's going to be there. She's going to be on the stage. Uh, Yeah. Painfully that close to actually Uh, the the swearing. So, so far away. Now, that's something we need to take a tally of. How many cutaways to Hillary Clinton we see. Uh, For everybody watching live Mm -hmm. on YouTube, go ahead and join us in the chat. Uh, Lawrence Bakery points out, I think people need to reconcile that just because you have a meeting with Donald Trump does not mean you automatically approve of everything Trump does. I think that's uh, definitely definitely much in support, and Mm -hmm. we agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think having someone in the room... Uh, the con- that contests a majority of his own views might be a positive thing. It may just be wishful thinking. But look, he's right. going to hear a differing opinion. And I would say that many presidents do surround themselves with yes men and yes women. Mm-hmm. So if they bring in someone, it's like, well, they have a different view on this. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, we are fairly well versed in his, you know, how he's very passionate about the environment. Right. Donald Trump is pretty much on the record saying that he doesn't think that global warming slash climate change is right, it's all Chinese hoax yeah. and his EPA but guy is very much against All the more reason for if he were asked mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio instead of being able to hold his head up a little higher at all these swanky parties and saying oh yeah I didn't take him anyway. He was like well I talked to him I tried to convince him. He didn't listen but I did my part. I tried. I right. think that there's a lot more to be said to sitting down and meeting with someone. You know I mean Bono met with George W. Bush right. to talk about AIDS and the issues that were important to him. And that actually, you know, I'm not saying that he was the one that, that changed that, but, you know, George W. Bush doesn't get the credit for all the work with the AIDS that, work that he did in Africa. Yeah. And that is his uh, presidency did for that. But, yeah, I think being able to go in and, and speak with someone with differing views is is really important because too much now we, we do keep ourselves surrounded in our own separate viewpoints and only talk to people that agree 100% with us. And so I think it is good. Like, I... I don't edit posts when people respond uh, against me yeah. on things. I think it's very important to still have that and not self-edit that. And I let think people the worst thing that. people can do during the next four years is if you're a Trump supporter, you only watch Fox News. If you were a Hillary voter, you only watch MSNBC. And you defriend all the people who right. voted the way that you didn't. And then you're going to put yourself in this little bubble and we're going to be even more isolated. And I think... I'm not sure, but I think that's the plot for the Pixar movie Wally. I think that's how it happens, that everybody just sort of or it's maybe it's more idiocracy that I'm thinking of. In any case Not to say I won't be fighting at every step no, no, of the way though. But that's, that, that's but, the, but to just be aware of those what other people are saying. To be out there and I'll let them and leave those things on my post I, and I don't know, delete them. Look, I'm gonna say, I think, Scott, you probably don't hate everyone who voted for Donald Trump. I do yeah. not. There might be some that you do. <laughs> you may know some. I do Maybe. know quite a few people yeah, that did. But I'm sure that you you don't hate them all. No. And if you you know if you do hate someone, that's probably not why. There's right. probably more to it than that. Uh, anyway, it's and, a strong word. Uh, thank you also to uh, Kim K, who is in the booth. Yes. Uh, she her online handle is the other Kim K. But as I always tell you, you're the only Kim K that matters yes, to us. That's right. She the was, only Kim uh, K to me. She was, the other Kim K is the other Kim yeah, K. Exactly. <laughs> Who even is that? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, we appreciate everybody who's in there. Uh, Nicholas Skelton, everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've talked about that now. Uh, 
we were talking about not attending the inaugural, and there are uh, 45 Democrats. That number has probably gone up since right. I put that in my yes. notes. Because when I originally wrote it, it was like 30. Mm-hmm. And actually, no, it was 20. And so the, every throughout the day, I'm like, I'm going to change that in my notes. So the 45 Democrats not attending the inaugural. And again, their choice. They don't have to attend. Right. And I, I, I think I, five I, of them. I support it. Five of them typically don't attend the inauguration. Some of them are just like, yeah, I don't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But... It's fine that they don't go. Now, the interesting thing is, if you look at the list, unless you're somebody who, like, TiVo C-SPAN to watch the speeches of the day, you don't know who most of them are. There right. might be one or two names that you're like, I think I'm familiar with them. Or, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. the person who represents my district. That's how I know who they are. They're not your big-name uh, representatives no. who are probably like, you know, i got to play the long game. I'm going to go to the inauguration. I'm probably going to need something. Uh, maybe I'll get called to you know help out in some way. I'm going to use this as a as a chit. That's with a C C H I T. This is like, you know, let's not start off where I'm on record of. Uh, oh, and Kim K says she believes it's up to 56 Democrats. Oh, wow! So look at that. So it's 11 yeah, more. That's that's a big number. I um, and those are just the members of the B Street Band. I, know. <laughs> I, I was going to say I love Maxine Waters. Uh, she's a representative out here in California. That's yeah. also the largest contingency of people out of any state that are not showing up. Of course, we're the largest state and, and a very democratic state here in California, so we're not totally out we're, of the We're out, the out, state out that uh, made Hillary Clinton president in the Yeah, popular, popular vote. vote. Right, yeah. it helped to... If to, you to took us out, she didn't have right. the exactly. popular vote. But. Um, but hers was the best uh, tweet. It was basically like, I wasn't going to show up anyways to begin with, even before the John Lewis right. thing, because I didn't want to waste my time. And yeah. <laughs> that was great. Look, I mean, it, you know, maybe we'll do this when we do the show on Friday. Yeah. And if you're just joining us, we'll be uh, covering Inauguration Day here at AfterBuzz TV at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific, Friday, in case you didn't know that it is January 20th. Yes. And uh, maybe we'll talk about some of the things people could have been watching instead of that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure Springer's on at that point. Yeah, uh, uh, Price, Price is, is right. right. Although, you know what? I'm going to bet it's not on, though, because CBS will cover it. That's true. You know? What are they going to watch? That's I, true. I don't know. That's, that, that's the other thing. You'll have to Drew, DVR anything. Drew, Carey, you... Drew Carey's a libertarian. He's like, good. I don't want any part of this. He's like, I don't, I, I'm not pro-Trump. I'm not anti-Trump. I'm just nothing. I know. I had someone ask me that said, you know, I don't think Obama should be there. I said, well, he's the president. I mean, he kind of has, has to. to be there. He has to be there he's, on the stage. Like, like He's the current yeah. president until that moment. Like, he can't just not show up. Like, Look, I, I'm sorry, but and even we've if talked I don't, a lot we don't about agree this. with it. As much as uh, Obama's focused on his legacy, it's not going to end with him not being there for the transfer right. of power. You know, I think that... Say what you will about the way that Donald Trump has handled the transition. I would think Which that... Is a nice segue into approval ratings. Later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that... President Obama has uh, been stellar, and he's done a great job in the transfer, just as his predecessor, George W. Yes. Bush, did. You know, his guy didn't win, uh, John McCain. But at the same time, I, I think it's handled well. And the one thing that I will give Trump credit for is he's a, you know, he's speaking out about Obamacare, which we'll talk about in a oh, minute. But he's yeah. not speaking out about Obama. He's, you know, maybe after he's actually the president, he will. But while the guy's still president, while he's giving him tips and pointers, he's not really saying anything that's well, too Well, he did for a little bit. They had that little kerfuffle about if Obama could run again oh, and back yeah. over the holidays. Well, and that's he said, the like, problem. oh, he he's, would, yeah. yeah, you know, he would totally lose and, and you know, because, Trump would win bigly and, you know, all this and, stuff. Yeah. Which, of course, he would not have won. Uh, I hate to tell Trump that. But... 
it, it was just, you know, that was the only time. And, of course, after five years of, of talking about his birth certificate where he's from and then just drop that. So I yeah. think he's already done enough to... Um, no, he's done enough, but he has, you know, he's dialed that down. Everything else he's dialed well, way up. Well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of joining the club now, and, yeah. and that is a very exclusive club. It's a very ex- exclusive club. I mean, there's only uh, going to be, what, 45 46? Well, yeah, I mean, there's... 47? Really only... F- you know, if you're going to count Mike Pence in <laughs> yeah. two years, as, as Scott already is. Mike Pence for like a year and a half. And then, and then Paul Ryan? The oh, okay, I see. I didn't. I wasn't quite sure where this was going. Uh, well, but, when, when Mike Pence resigns, then they'll have to throw in Paul Ryan because he's the Speaker of the House. And then yeah. after that, in 2020, then, you know... And then Paul Ryan will run for re-election. See, that, no. so we've already <laughs> crafted the alternate timeline. Yeah. But as you mentioned... Back to the Future we, 4. This will be Back to the Future 4 that will be coming out. No, because Biff is going to be president in Back to the Future 4. Anyway. For a brief amount of time. As you mentioned, uh, the polling numbers, the approval rating for uh, Donald Trump, someone who talks about how popular he is, depending on which one you look at, it's a it's a pretty slim margin. The difference is between thirty seven and forty percent. Right, That's the the ones that I looked at. And that, you and can find other ones that say. Uh, yeah, there's but a there, couple that have. But a, there were three 41. high profile ones. So yeah, so between thirty seven and forty one, and no one's had that low an approval rating. I think since Jimmy Carter, and and his was higher. His his was higher, uh, and that was also a very. Uh, divisive election in 76 because that was after Watergate. That was the first election after and it was a very close election and Jimmy Carter barely eked out a victory and, over and, four. And almost didn't become the nominee with right. the convention for Ted Kennedy. Yep. You know, so, so it was yeah, a very, that was a very divisive time. It, it and by was. the way, everybody, but, we lived through that. But... And, uh, you know, he did not. You're right. He did not have the highest approval ratings, and then he never really had a very high approval yeah. ratings. That's why Ronald Reagan came in in '80 and, and swept him out of office. But the point is, nobody in modern day has had such a low approval rating going into the going office because yeah. usually the president elect has a very good honeymoon period, and most people are overlooking. Even George are, W. Bush in 2000, when uh, you know the whole content, you know the, that whole craziness happened, and I, I remember that. Sure, really, he even had pretty high approval ratings. In I mean, the, especially in the 60s. comparatively, yeah. And, and then he was about in the in the 50s once he got into office. And Everything, but so Trump is already starting out in a in a very bad position, and the problem is he's not expanding his his I would say audience for someone that's a reality TV star. He's not expanding, it and instead he's still staying he's with still, that very he, he's tiny, still playing to the base, and he's yeah. not expanding. Yeah. And the problem is it's only going to take a few of those people to be disgruntled to totally turn away from him, and uh, he he won in a very precarious way. So for him not to try to expand and try to, like he said, unite the country, he's going to have a very hard time being able to expand on the approval rating unless, of course, something would happen, which we don't want to happen, like a terrorist attack or something that unifies the country like it did with George W. Bush in 2001 that can bring a lot of people together. And he shows some kind of leadership qualities. That's the only way I see that happening. Otherwise, his numbers are really just going to be stagnant and go down from there, which is not a – it's not a good place to start out with. It's not not a good place to be. There's not – there's, you know, the president's usually going to become less popular over as time. time goes on. And, and when and you're yes, starting at 37 to 41, percent you're not in a good place to continue on, and also to help your party in the midterms in 18, and to be able to to, to, set to find up. the silver lining for the president-elect. He's at least 30 points above Congress, so That's you know true. he's got a much higher approval rating. Than Congress. But you know, the funny thing is, he always talks about making fun of Saturday Night Live. Well, not making fun of it, but saying how terrible it is and yeah. how unfunny it is. Saturday Night Live has higher approval ratings than Donald Trump does. <laughs> when you take a peak, 48% of people like and Saturday Night a, Live. It's a show so, that's been out for 41 years. Yes, but you know? that has a higher approval rating than Donald Trump does right now. Yeah. So he's not working on expanding his 
his audience, as he would like to say. And, and, and I don't know. His tweets to me feel like he lives in this alternate reality. I don't know if he wants, the more he tweets it, the more it becomes truth. Yeah, I think or so. Or he thinks his, his ardent base is going to love it. Or if he really does believe this. I, I don't understand. Because he goes on and on about you know, SNL, Hillary Clinton, winning huge and bigly, yeah. uh, and that he's going to have this uh, huge uh, inauguration, the biggest one ever. And I, I just don't know where that comes from, if it's trying to keep his, his support happy or if there's some kind of, in his I own think head, he, just, he actually th- believes yeah, it. If you, if you tweet that you're going to have the biggest inauguration <laughs> of all time enough times, it'll be true it becomes to you, true. which yeah. is all that matters. I, uh, I don't know. One of the other things he's uh, been speaking out about this week is Obamacare. And Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about uh, the aforementioned unpopular uh, Congress, what they did in terms of Obamacare and uh, the fact that uh, Trump says he has a plan to replace it. And the GOP has even said, could you tell us about this plan? Because we sure don't (laughs) know what it is. Uh, But the interesting thing is if you're planning on repealing it, and I think Rand Paul was out there saying this, if you're going to get rid of it, you got to have something to put into place. You can't just pull the plug. Right. You know? And, and, and you, that was his little side thing that he said the other day, too. Like, oh, insurance for everybody. Yeah. Which is not what the Republican plan is. Like, that, that you're is basically that single-payer yeah. health care. And it's, again, showing just how he just does not understand. By the uh, way, also Mexico is going to pay for our health insurance. Yes, they are. They don't know it. No, we're going to pay they're... for it, and then they're going to reimburse us <laughs> yes, for it, of that's course. Right. Uh, that's how it's going to work. <laughs> uh, but it is. It's 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 ridiculous that they're so hell-bent on uh, repealing Obamacare instead of trying to fix it. And already people – that's the thing now. Obamacare is the most popular it has ever been up to this point. The most people are now on it than they have ever been. You have a lot of Republicans – there are actually more people in Republican states on – the ACA than in in uh, the blue states, and you you can call it connect like you do in Kentucky. You can call it whatever it is, but the thing is, it is is doing well in these states, and even Republican governors are a little bit concerned, you know that that they can't just pull this back uh, and not have a replacement. And that's the thing; they've had almost seven years now to come up with some kind of replacement. I get there's different factions in the parties in the party, and they have different ideas of what they should do, but it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to just repeal it and not have any kind of replacement and the problem is any of the mainstream replacements that they have are not as good as what they have right now and it is a very difficult thing i mean nobody's happy with the mandate but you kind of need the mandate to make it work yeah you know you need to have pre-existing conditions for people because if you don't that's a very popular thing then you're just going back to what they had before and that didn't work so a lot of people are happy 81 percent of people are actually happy with the ability of, of, of the insurance they get, yes, there, there could definitely be changes, but they should fix those changes instead of working on gutting the whole thing and then building it back up again from the foundation. It just seems like a, it's just done out of purely political motivation. And rightfully so, like a lot of people are saying, why don't you get rid of your health care? You know, we're paying for their health care. Oh, Congress's really, health care. They have and they great have great healthcare. Cadillac health care, yeah. and we're paying for that. So it would be great if we could get if that. If we could have the same thing. So it's really, to me, incredibly unfair for them to even be doing that when they have their own health care that we, the people, are paying for. So instead of making it so political, let's fix it up. Sure, they could make it better, and they could still take the credit for it because they made it better. But instead, they want to rip it down to the foundation and start over again. And there's not anything out there so far on the Republican side that even remotely helps to address these issues. It's not an easy issue to fix, and we all know that. But instead of trying to fix it, they're going on with their political thing and saying this is what they have to do. 
Contrary to popular belief, I feel like Donald Trump is not an idiot. And I think he knows that it's popular in some of these states that he won. So right. he does want to replace it. He wants to replace it with Trump care. Right. But what that will boil down to is just calling it Trump care. Yes. And it'll actually be just all the same policies. But he's like, we repealed it. And then we and then put we, Trump th- care Well, that's in what place. I'm saying. That's why they want to do it is because then they can take 100% can take credit, credit of saying, oh, we just added a, Obamacare a, was a disaster. Yes, but we repealed but it and Trump redid it. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically the same thing. No, the same thing. But it's a political thing. And that, to me, is what is so ridiculous about it. Instead of trying to fix it and still take credit and saying we fixed it. And yes, I do agree with you. I think Trump is actually very intelligent. Uh, he's not smart when it comes to government policy or, or wonkish or whatever, but he's obviously a smart guy to be able to make it through this entire time and be completely untraditional in every step of the way and beat 17 GOP people with tons yeah. of experience and then eke out a, a victory in 2016 for the presidency when everyone doubted them. So th- there's definitely yeah. something to it. No, um, I mean, he's accomplished something. He beat 16 good candidates and Rick Perry. I yeah. mean, that's <laughs> impressive. Perry, yes. <laughs> but as uh, uh, Lawrence Bakery, again, in the chat room says, Congress should have to get the same health care that we all get. I agree. And that's when, what I'm saying. When right. they were pushing for the passage of Obamacare, yes. that's what people were saying. Yes. It was like, yes. And I think that you know maybe more congressmen you know, on the Democratic side, obviously, right. should have done that. Congress no, I agree. Women. I agree it should be on both sides. And if we're, if we're paying for their health care then they should have the same thing that we have. And then they could also understand how it is for the everyday American because regardless of what they say, even on the Democratic side, they just don't know if they're not experiencing them themselves. And by stripping things away that they have no clue with because none of their other friends or colleagues or family are dealing with these type of things, this is life or death. It's not something to play around with politically, and this is something that everybody should come together on and make it the best that it can be instead of... A turning into a political thing, and it's very it's very upsetting because I know people personally that depend on this Obamacare for pre-existing conditions, and uh, I know other people that had their kids on you know older uh, because of this. So th- there are things that definitely work. So I think they need to be very careful before they get rid of it, or, otherwise they're just um, really going to shoot their own selves. Yeah, no, I mean, look, there I, because I, I, we, the terms are, are very short, and, and as, as crazy as it sounds, we just got through an election. But it's and, next November and, 2018, and those and, people are up for re-election people again. are exhausted, and they don't want to think about it. But, but believe me, that if, campaign if, is starting already. Yes, it is, because you've got to start raising the money and get out there. But if those people take away the health care, and that slim majority of people that put those people in power, like Trump and other things, those people will quickly turn and take those people right back out. So they have to be cognizant of that as well. We're uh, getting a little close to the end of the show, so I want to make sure we get to sort of an important thing that happened today, and this is not really Trump-related, but I did want to discuss that President Obama uh, commuted the bulk of the sentence of Chelsea Mm -hmm. Manning. Now, I honestly don't know the protocol that when someone transitions, if you're not supposed to call out what their name was, but I think that a lot of people don't know who Chelsea Manning is. You know, when Caitlyn Jenner, people knew that Mm -hmm. Bruce Jenner had done that. That was Bradley Manning, who was uh, was court-martialed for basically giving military secrets to WikiLeaks. That's a pretty strong. Mm-hmm. That's basically the exact kind of thing that you go to jail for when you're in the military. Right. I, I think that you used to be hanged for it, but uh, yeah, it's so like a treason. A treasonable it's very offense. treason. Right. Yeah, it's a treasonable offense. Uh, it, it's bigly treasonous to make light of it for a second. Uh, and the fact that President Obama commuted that sentence, it, people are very upset uh, in in conservative circles. I'm not quite sure what the thinking was. I don't know if it's because of the transitioning. I don't think that factors no, into it. No, I don't think so but because the, that was a whole issue an, about us yeah. having us being the taxpayers having yeah. to to pay, pay for, for her uh, transition and surgery and and hormones or anything. That really didn't have anything to do with it. Apparently. Um, 
from what I've read and what I've heard from people is that President Obama, I've, I'm hearing from people, uh, but President Obama, um, I was going to do that joke with the Trump stuff. I'm hearing from people, but anyways, uh, I'm flat. hearing, I'm hearing, uh, but apparently he thought that, uh, she had served time and was making whatever, uh, positive improvement that she needed to, to warrant commuting the sentence. And I think knowing who was coming into power next, that she had a 45 year sentence. Uh, so wasn't going to be getting out anytime soon. There is a lot of stuff to talk about. We could go no, on forever. No, yeah. If you agree with but it, or you I... don't agree with it. But apparently this was the pre- – and I've heard that this was going to be happening and that the president felt pretty strongly about commuting her sentence, rightfully uh, or wrongfully, people agreeing with it or disagreeing with Lawrence it Lawrence Bakery, again, getting a shout-out in the chat yeah. room, pointed out Julian Assange said he would turn himself in if Chelsea Manning's sentence got commuted. I think that there's a technicality because I think that uh, it's not like Chelsea's been pardoned. Right, know. but sentence is commuted, which is different uh, than so pardoning. Which the pardoning is going to be happening in the next Julian few Assange days. Turns himself in, yeah. you know. Uh, it, so it will be interesting between now and Friday to see who does uh, President Obama uh, yeah. not only commute, but who does he pardon in the next I mean, few days? The, you know, in before in, he leaves in office. Recent history is Edward Snowden going to have be on there? Right. Are, are, is Jul- like, there are a lot of people, people that, that are you know petitioning for for. Not well, not Julian Assange, but for Edward uh, Snowden. Yeah, every, and, and what other people out there that were when you think about. of some of the people who have been pardoned, you know, I, I don't even have time to talk about who Mark Rich was and how yeah, I can't believe that he got pardoned with Bill Clinton, but yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, because he was rich and had a lot of rich friends, and it's terrible, and that's not why it should happen. So people have gotten pardoned for some terrible things, right? And very it's, political, it's always very very see. political yeah. reasons, or yeah. not always o- for the best Obama's reasons. Gonna get up that morning and sign a few more of mm-hmm. them, and you know we won't know right away. No, we won't know the very end. He'll he'll be you know back in. He'll be know. back here in California. He's coming here. here for the weekend. Is he to sleep in? Yeah, he's coming on a very rainy weekend, but he's coming out to Rancho Mirage, where I guess they are their 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 house is going to be one of their houses. Well, it's good golf there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Obviously. So yeah. he's coming out here this weekend to sleep in and not set that alarm clock. First yeah. few days as a private citizen. Uh, Absent TV asks, what was the leaked stuff from uh, Chelsea Manning? It, it was military secrets and troop positionings and things yeah, like that. All, uh, things was, that uh, on record uh, Osama and, bin Laden, I think, you know, used some of that information that WikiLeaks had published. And say what you will about WikiLeaks and them doing things for the good reason. I think that that's exactly what the problem is. And you can't, you can't give out troop positionings and tactics and strategy. Obviously he felt like he needed to, because he felt like they didn't belong there. That's how I feel. You know, to me, Julian Assange is a criminal. Edward Snowden. It's a little harder to say, because think about what we know because of Edward Snowden. And we don't have time to talk about it. No, that's what I'm saying. That that can of worms. I know. Because there's that, that could be its own show. That could be its own show. But I I want to know what everyone else thinks about with Chelsea Manning, what, she did yeah. and what she Let felt was right and wrong. Let us know what you think about Chelsea Manning, Manning getting that kid, uh, sentence commuted and what you think about you know what she did and, and the yeah. reasons behind it. And and Julian Assange even and Edward Snowden. Mm, I want to know what everyone thinks about all that stuff. We're uh, at Trump report. No, no, I, I did it wrong. It's you know, no, I was right. See, I did. I didn't trust myself because it wasn't in front of me. At Trump report ABTV, that's where you can find us. And again, you can find us on Friday. 
we will be doing an after show of the Obama administration. But it's actually an after show of Inauguration Day, the swearing yeah. in, the ceremony. Uh, I'm going to have to like be sedated or something. <laughs> I mean, you really shouldn't be drinking. Uh, he and Chelsea were joking about no, drinking that I'm day. Just but it, the swearing in is at 9 a.m. our time. So Mimosas? Mimo- yeah. Bloody Marys? It's, 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 it's have brunch at that point. Yes, exactly. So... Boy. Uh, and uh, one final thing, uh, Julia D'Agostino says, I love what you guys are saying. I'm agreeing with most of it. This is my first live chat. I've watched After Buzz. I'm totally digging it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, yeah, everybody have some who joined us there, there in the so chat. Thank you. And-, and make sure you tune in on Friday. And uh, next Tuesday, we'll be back as well. For Scott Moore, at Sman80. I'm Christian Black at Christian DMZ. And we will see you Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 Eastern, right here for more Trump Report. Thanks so much, everyone. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 